Long ago, the four nations shared the world in harmony. But five years ago, Avatar Roku, master of all four elements and envoy of peace between nations, tragically perished during a volcanic eruption. With the shadow of war on the horizon, three young benders must reunite to uncover a secret lost to time within the Fire Nation. This is Almost Legends. The courtyard of Oris's estate is quaint and well-maintained as always. Unfortunately, Oris is late to your weekly meeting. You know that when he finally does show, he'll probably give some sort of uh, cryptic sage advice about time being an illusion. But at the end of the day, you've never bothered to question the fact that when he's late, it is likely for some important reason. What are you doing as you sit in the courtyard awaiting your master's approach? I am doing my combat exercises and probably have been for a while. What do those look like? So I have a small, short combat staff. And so a lot of it is wrist exercises, a lot of like fairly um, as assertive and aggressive as defensive maneuvers can be done. As you're going through these um, these motions and this sort of kata, you turn and spin uh, with your combat stick. And as you do, all of a sudden you see Oris. He had been walking up behind you and in your focus, you hadn't even noticed. The stick smacks uh, into the bowl uh, that he had been holding and flies up in the air. And with a calm, sort of precise nature, he looks up at it. And you watch in horror, frozen, as it begins to fall, and he catches it in his hands with this sort of green vegetable mush still perfectly preserved within it. Uh, You're startled, but he seems to have almost expected this to have happened. It's always uncanny how quickly he can pull himself together, uh, even in like the most startling circumstances. Perhaps one of the reasons why the two of you get along so well uh, he looks over and, and smiles at you. Ah, Cardam, come with me. We have uh, much to talk about. And he turns and strides over to a bench underneath a cherry blossom tree. I do a quick uh, cool down kind of thinking and hoping he notices, like, if you think time is an illusion, then we'll watch this and kind of take my time <laughs> getting over, over to him, but not too long. He sits there. He has a spoon. He's sort of eating uh, the rest of this sort of indiscernible mush of vegetables. Extremely healthy, you have no doubt, um, but flavorful, perhaps not. Uh, he sets the bowl down. He had seemed to have anticipated you going through your cool down and uh, finishes up just as you sit down next to him. He sort of brushes his hands off uh, on his trousers and turns to you and says, Cardam, we've been training for years now. You've made incredible progress. And more than that, uh, you have made quite the name for yourself in court. I have a task for you, something which I myself cannot attend to, lest I bring too much attention. Could be nothing, but nonetheless, I feel this is a job perhaps perfectly suited for you. I think during that spiel, when she notices that discretion is involved, 
she like immediately goes into kind of court mode and can practice restraint. But, um, but I'm sure that the, um, fire of ambition has been lit in her eyes. Mm -hmm. And so I think her first question would be as lightheartedly as she can manage what kind of quest. Well, an old friend of mine has reached out. It seems he has need of my skill set. But as I will not be attending, your skill set will certainly do the trick, I have no doubt. I will give you the letter. Please take some time to familiarize yourself with it. This will be different from our excursions in the past. You must look past the current tensions. I do not often counsel you on politics, but I feel that you understand how I feel. I will leave it to you to arrange the details. I have full faith in you, Cardam. Do say hello to my friend for me. And he stands up and heads back into the house for another bowl of green vegetable mush. Great. And he left her with the letter? Yes. Okay. She like watches him turn the corner and the minute he's out of sight, that is letter is open and out. Dawa. The sun is setting over the Siwang Desert. A gentle breeze blows granules of sand down a large dune. The hushed tones of the desert are disrupted by a figure on a board emerging over this large dune and crashing down uh, on the sand, surfing down the wave, carving grooves into the sand dune. Behind that figure is a smaller figure, seated, cross-legged, frail. Dawa, you are taking your mentor, Kaya, to that temple, nameless and abandoned, but a source of comfort for the two of you. You look down, or rather back, at your mentor, his eyes closed, no longer able to do what you're doing, but he has that smile. He still takes joy uh, from being along for the ride with you. As you guys approach the pillars, these two large sandstone structures that were likely the tips of some even larger uh, facility long ago, now buried, covered by the wind. The sand slider comes to a rest, and your mentor opens his eyes and with only his hands, he gestures and begins bending. And, and a swirl of sand lifts the small, frail man up and onto one of these pillars. He gestures for you to join him on the pillar opposite. I do so excitedly. And uh, I think instead of sand bending his way up, he probably finds more of a greater challenge in climbing the actual pillar. Maybe with some assistance sand if he's feeling like his grip is... Uh, a little, a little shaky in, in, in a hole that he's grabbing up, but he's just going to climb the pillar instead of sand bending his way up. As you get to the top, the sun finishes setting, and you wait for the stars to come out. The two of you sit there, eyes up towards the heavens. Kaya is old, ancient nearly. In recent years, uh, his physique has declined precipitously. His ability even to ride along with you all the way out into the desert to this 
sort of comforting meeting spot uh, has been difficult. You haven't been out here as much. So being out here with him again is special. You recall the times in your youth when you first began training and studying with Kaya, when he would tell you all the stories of the constellations. You know most of it's probably made up, but you know all the stories by heart nonetheless. Kaya looks down from the stars and looks across to you. You don't notice it at first, but you look down back towards him and he says, Dawa, I'm glad you brought me out here. I've missed it. Yeah, me too. I've really enjoyed uh, coming out here all the time. He's very clearly not getting the memo that like there is clearly an ambiance going on right now. So he's probably speaking a lot louder than necessary. You remember that time that I didn't even like, recognize Gilicorn the Great? That was one of the first ones you taught me. <laughs> Indeed it was. Yes, the uh, Gilicorn the Great, the pelican dragon spirit that prowls the night sky looking for fish. You told me that I can always find it by the tip of the fish and the tip of his wing. It should always be pointing south to north. Yes, I don't know how you missed it that one time. It was a long day. Trust me, I've had plenty of those. And he kind of looks back up at the, the sky wistfully. But Dawa, I have, uh, well, I have a request of you. This will be the last time we come out here. Upon you saying that, he's, Dawa's face is showing signs of confusion and sadness in that. And he knows that your, his master's state is declining as he's been asked to uh, burden the load more often with things that they would usually do equally or things that he would learn from his, from his master. Hearing him verbalize that there are things that are going to be ceasing that are pretty routine for them mm -hmm. is, is saddening to Dawa. You must have known this is <laughs> only a matter of time. I've had a wonderful life, and though it comes to an end, I'm eager to be in the next. But you, you can't stay here. If you've absorbed all this skill and knowledge, it serves no use to languish out on the sands, not putting it to good use. I know you are impulsive, but I also know that you are a creature of comfort. Do not take this the wrong way, Dawa. So am I. But if I were to look back upon my life and consider things I would have done differently, I would not have spent so many decades meditating out on the sands. I received a letter from an old friend. Uh, he has requested, I'm certain he does not know of my uh, condition. I think it would do you good to meet him and begin creating some wisdom of your own. Great, so when is he arriving? <laughs> I think this is the part you'll like the most. You'll have to go to him. And he swirls up himself again and lowers himself down off of this pillar onto the board. And with a flick of his wrist, these sort of, like almost like a, like a swirling, like a little dust devil of sand swirls up. And as you're on the pillar, a little letter floats up to you. He goes, I think I'll close my eyes until you're ready to return. And he uh, 
he begins meditating or perhaps sleeping uh, as you read the letter under the brilliant moonlight. I think he's just going to, he catches the letter and is, probably doesn't open it for a couple minutes as he tries to comprehend the very big change in lifestyle. Also, the wise words that were just given to him. He's always just going to sit there for a couple minutes and think about the wisdom that was provided first. And then when he finally finds the the focus to kind of snap back and into reality and and open the letter, he'll he'll lay back on on the pillar and use kind of the glow from the moonlight up against the the paper and begin to read. Kaija, the temple is quiet these days. Recently, your brothers and sisters have been dispatched to foreign lands. Most have yet to return from their missions. It was always a small order, but it seems in recent years, the urgency has become clear. The times are tough and uncertain, and your order is busy. You are one of the few who has not yet been dispatched. Maybe it's weighed upon you. Only a few select apprentices and your sensei remain on this hidden temple's grounds. The other students are in the field training, but you have been summoned to the balcony overlooking the training yard. A messenger arrived this morning with a letter. He did not wear the traditional air nomad garb, but of course, none in your order do. Whispers say perhaps he belongs to another order that has called upon your sensei, but you are not one to question him. So you sit, or rather stand, silently, awaiting the attention of your master. And then he's there. You never saw him approach. You never have before. Kai just stands sort of unstartled. It's been so frequently that masters inside the temple have come up beside him that uh, he no longer makes genuine attempts to try to spy them out before they get there, relying instead on their training, learning to hone his senses, to perceive them one day. But he's also very rarely surprised whenever they simply appear beside him. He stands there quietly overlooking the training grounds, and he says, Sensei, you summoned me. I did. Kaija, the time for you to leave us has arrived. Where am I going, Sensei? I have long awaited the day that I would be sent out to test my capability. You will leave this temple, and you will travel to the Fire Nation. That is far from here, Master. I will personally escort you to the borders. From there, you will travel alone. But you will not be alone once you arrive. I'm sure you heard of the messenger that arrived this morning. Rumor says they don't come from the air nomads or either of the temples. That is true. It comes from an old friend, one of a different order. You will meet others, like myself there. Was it your presence that was requested? It was. I will be shallow, pale, a shattered comparison to having you there with your capability. Are you sure I'm up to such a task? I am not. But in truth, that matters little. You are the most capable option I have on hand, and the need is great. Kaija, I have trained you to do what I cannot, and to act in my stead when I cannot be there. This is your prime directive. I will not disappoint you, nor will I disappoint the Order. There will also be times when 
your loyalty to the Order's mission is tested. You will have to weigh the implications of your actions against the safety of the Air Nomads. I hope you will think of my teachings when you do. Our Order is sworn to protect the temples. Indeed. Keep in mind, anything that might empower another nation is something that could harm ours. He turns away from you and begins walking back into the temple. When do we leave, Master? He kind of turns and with a very rare corner of his lips turned up into a slight smile, he says, You left yesterday. Yes, Master. And you look down and on the balcony, you never saw him place it there, is a letter. I pick up the letter, but I never open it. I uh, simply slink away into the shadows. I sort of actually drop up over the balcony down towards the training grounds and then slide into the chambers to grab a few of my belongings and then head down to wait for him downstairs uh, at the entrance to the temple um, without speaking to anybody, going without being noticed, um, without being noticed by any of the apprentices or the students as well. I don't open the letter either. I'm not going to open it until after I depart from my sensei. So the three of you at your own time and place open the letter. And this is what you read. My dear friend, after all these years, I hope this message finds you well. One might think that age would diminish my wanderlust, but in fact, despite all I've seen, I find myself yearning to make a defining discovery one that will carry my legacy when I pass on. And my friend, I think I found it. I wish not to divulge too much information, lest one of my competitors intercepts this message. But I am in need of your wisdom, and yes, your skills, in order to continue my expedition. I beg you, make the journey to the village of Jiangui. I shall be lodged in an inn called the Two-Headed Fish, and I'll meet you there on the last day of spring, so we may embark on this great journey together. A word of warning. The Fire Nation is not as hospitable as it once was. Travel quietly and carefully. I hope to see you there. Your friend, Zifo. Alrighty, guys. So... Cardam, you thank the merchant sailors as you disembark onto the docks of Jiangui. This is a village built entirely on stilts in the middle of a widened section of a river. The entire settlement is built on numerous wooden platforms and bamboo stalks bound together with rope. The wooden walkways uh, are fairly wide and they connect the various platforms to each other sometimes going up or down sometimes close to the water sometimes farther up um, and it's all layered in somewhat of a crisscrossing fashion so that small little skiffs that are navigated by these large bamboo poles can go under bridges and around in order to get to pretty much anywhere in this little village the water is crystal clear 
and fishermen with these uh, these skiffs are navigating the waterways with large nets, while happy children chase each other up and down the planks. Uh, the first thing that I do is to immediately try to navigate where I'm going. Um, so as soon as she steps off the boat and thanks the um, the crew, she heads directly towards, pulls out maybe a map and heads beelines to try to get to where she's going um, to make sure that she's on time and punctual. So um, does she have a point of reference, like how to get how to get to this two 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 headed fish? <laughs> Two-headed fish in. I was expecting uh, that lake to not be crystal clear after that. No, <laughs> so, that so uh, toxic. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so you uh, you are you do not have a map of this village. It's a smaller village. Okay. It's in one of the eastern, like further eastern islands in the archipelago. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of the edge of what is uncontestedly Fire Nation. Sure. Um, and this river, uh, kind of comes up through this like bay and eventually works its way up to a small lake in the mountains uh, that is on this larger island. Of course, this village is sort of between uh, halfway down the river from this lake and from the bay, uh, and you were brought up this way. But the map only got you this far. Uh, this village is, is um, predominantly a, a large fishing community, but it's not something that has too much uh merchant traffic back and forth from so you're not really sure where you're headed but the good news is there are plenty of happy folk uh wandering around uh some are carrying you know baskets that they have uh, of vegetables and whatnot that they've gathered from the shores uh others are uh bringing in hauls of fish there are children running up and down playing with balls every once in a while a kid accidentally slips and falls into the water but Despite their young age, it appears they're all fairly competent swimmers. One would probably have to be here. Okay, great. I actually stopped one of the kids, and I leaned down pretty good with kids, and I asked them mm -hmm. um, if they know where the two-headed fish in is. Well, yeah, I know where the two-headed fish in is. Great. Can I give you a copper and show me the way? Oh, a whole copper? Yeah. I'll show you where everything is. <laughs> okay, so she... Kind of, she's kind of a rare smiler too, so she encourages the kid, flicks, um, but gives him a little smirk and says, "You'll get the copper once I'm in the end." And okay, well then follow me, and he sprints down the dock. <laughs> okay, she's pretty tall, so and she's not a sprinter in front of other adults, so she walks pretty confidently and quickly behind him. Yeah, this this little kid is sort of that at the age where they're old enough to talk and everything, but they're also kind of like waddle running, you know. <laughs> uh, so kind of you're able to with full strides keep up with this kid, uh, and sure enough, they navigate you to this inn. Uh, it is despite all of these buildings being of fairly similar construction, most of them, um, you know, are like uh, bamboo. Um, sort of timbers all like uh, pulled together by rope uh, with sort of simple thatch roofs. Um, this one does appear to have two floors to it, uh, albeit uh, somewhat uh, smaller, like the top floor, and it's exceptionally long. So um, this is, uh, and in fact, in front of it, you see a sign with this like fairly pleasant artistic rendering of um, these two, uh, basically imagine like a fish on one side and it comes all the way down to the scales of the back, but then instead of 
like turning into a tail, it like flips over and does like a, a sort of a, a knot, and then it's a fish on the other hand, on the other side, and that fish is smiling. Cool. Um, so the inn has this beautiful rendered uh, lettering, the two-headed fish. Great. I think she leans down to the little guy, flips him a little coin, which he drops, and then when she, he looks up, she's already in the... <laughs> She's already at yeah, the he, end. He drops it, but and it goes like right between the cracks between two oh, bamboo no. planks, and it goes, <laughs> you know, goes through, and he goes, "That's okay, I got it." And he runs off to the side and jumps in the water and starts diving for the copper. Um, you stride into the into the two headed fish, uh, Cardam, um, and uh, as you as you step in, um, you can see that this is a fairly. Um, well lit there there are like uh holes in the sides for the light to come in a uh, common room of a uh of a, of a little tavern um there are rugs uh like pelts on the floor so that people aren't just walking on the bamboo slats um and you can even see uh where there are some uh there is an innkeeper with simple clay um cups and whatnot serving um some folks and there is a ladder to an upper area uh, where there is likely an, a place for people to lay out mats and sleep. Um, Kaija, you're already here. This is the appointed day, and you've scoped this place out. Um, you were delivered by flying bison to the shores of the Jangwe Island in the dead of night. From there, you made your way overland following the river that divides this island in two, until you reached the village and secured passage from one of these skiffs uh, out and onto the village um, and the, the network of platforms that makes it up. You're probably already in the common room, but what are you doing? Um, if I'm already in the common room, I'm, I'm literally, I'm probably dressed in some sort of Fire Nation garb that I've, uh, like, or fisherman's garb that I've kind of uh, taken locally uh, from a clothesline or something. Um, and I am sitting there, uh, but I, I don't want to be like sitting in the corner, like Strider from mm -hmm. a Lord of the Rings. Cause mm -hmm. that's so suspicious. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I am doing though, is I'm, I'm probably sitting at a table where there are fishermen who maybe ha are already like, it, it's a little too early to have too much to drink, but they're on their way. Right. Yeah. I'm not really conversating with them. I'm just I'm just benefiting from the fact that they're conversating with one another and just accepting they're drunk enough to accept the fact that I'm sitting there without talking to them. And I'm sipping on tea. I'm not sipping on alcohol. Um, and I, I mean, I would recognize Cardam whenever she walks in. Correct. Because we have uh, yes. some history together. Undoubtedly, Cardam, as you walk in, you begin scanning over the crowd and you almost almost miss Kaija dressed not in his order's normal shady apparel, but instead like the average fisherman of this town. And he appears to be successfully blending in with a group of, uh, of random fishermen at this table, but unmistakably uh, that is the, uh, the young airbender that you met years ago. Okay, so my eyes. Sorry, go, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say when I see Cardam, like when she comes in and I see her, my eyes like definitely kind of go a bit wide. Um, just sort of like I know I'm meeting somebody, and I figured there was there's potentially more 
than just like me meeting this dude that my mentor knows um but like recognizing her i my, my eyes kind of go wide and and when she looks and glances at me um my eyes being wide is the thing that makes me stick out in the room it's the dead giveaway <laughs> right because i'm just staring at her and then and so i i like quickly glance down and go back to sipping my tea and sort of like shoulder my whatever i whatever like piece of burlap i have taken to cover my bald head from somewhere i like i like shoulder that up so it covers a little bit more of my face not being sure if i'm actually supposed to meet cardam here or or perhaps this day she's an enemy instead of an ally so when i see kaija i walk over to the bar and i kind of stare at him until he looks at me again <laughs> and then so eventually you know like when he finally like does a little bit of a check i in my courtly manner um give him a little like smile and a hair flip to give him an excuse to be like oh, i'm gonna go talk to the girl at the bar um if he wants to take that opportunity because to me i'm like i don't know why he's here more information is better information so i try to give him an open to come and talk to me kaiju will realize that like he's been given away and he sort of glances at the guys that are next to him picks up his tea and finishes it sliding the porcelain cup into the middle of the table and he sort of puts his arm on the the guy next to him um and you know quietly he he sort of shares some words revealing that maybe there was a discussion that had happened at the table and this guy had confessed something that was going on in his life <laughs> i i give him a slight word of encouragement and then i stand up glancing over my shoulder and make my way up to the bar um uh where uh with where cardam is so uh, when he finally sits down um i try to keep my face pretty blank as if a stranger were talking to me um and just kind of under under my breath. So what are you doing here? I um found a lot of pleasure of vacationing in the uh in the Fire Kingdom recently. They have uh and hot they have hot stones, I believe. And um one can't go your entire life without experiencing that. And I kind of say, hmm, a specially trained assassin on vacation to spas assassin's a strong word mm-hmm. yep that's what they always told me about you guys well you must be here for a reason yourself oh i'm on vacation in my own nation of course you are just happen to be vacationing in the same place then yeah the the two-headed fish is famous for fish as it turns out yeah, there's a lot of people who eat fish here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I, I'm here for. And as he stammers, I just say, okay, I would like two of whatever the strongest thing you have to the bartender. Uh, the bartender uh, looks at you. He's kind of got this sort of scraggly mustache and this weird looking sort of hat. And he goes, well, we only have one thing. Uh, but you can have two of that. And he goes under the bar and gets some pretty crappy like rice wine and gives it to uh to each of you. Kaiju says under his breath as he's as he's going down and Cardam hears him say, please let it not be fish oil. <laughs> <laughs> so I take my little cup of rice wine and um and I hold it up to to cheers with Kaija. To vacation. <laughs> to vacation. 
And right as you guys go to right as you guys go to clink, the door busts open as the, the glasses clink. And Dawa, you stride into the common room of the two-headed fish. Despite the difficult weeks of ship hopping necessary to get all the way from the Siwang Desert across the Earth Kingdom and across the ocean uh, to the eastern archipelago of the Fire Nation, you finally made it. You couldn't be happier to be here. Yeah, Dawa, Dawa struts in and he he looks around at like all the people and not that he expects any sort of warm welcome, but he's just like happy to see more people. And then he he finds the nearest seat um that he can can plop himself down in and as like, he sits down and he takes his board that you see that he's kind of had underneath his arm and it was like flat almost as if the, the board almost as if he was writing it like so the board part of it the grip was facing up he takes it and to everyone's dismay he just takes the board and holds it in front of him outright and shakes and all of the sand from that board just like falls to the ground <laughs> and I would imagine he probably draws some some strange okay, looks from people. Okay, I immediately get up over the bar, run over to Dawa, slap my hand over his mouth, grab his board, and hustle him over to the bar with us before he yeah, can you, do any you, further damage you or could, draw any further attention. You you, you couldn't you, even you, you see you behind. Even, you didn't even notice those these two were in there. You just walked in <laughs> and completely and you, missed them. And you see behind him, he's like got like one hand out. Um, he's grabbing one, like one hand's on his board and one hand's like behind him looking back and you see the sand is now following him. Right. He's like drawing the sand along the ground. It's like You're behind just literally him and it's pig like making pen, its way. But with sand. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, the sand. Even, even weeks away from the desert, you're still shedding sand. <laughs> there's just, there's, there's, there's always at least a little small amount of sand following him in front of him, on him, around him, or on the people he's with. Yeah. It is his aura. If there is a sand aura, this is it. And you just see the sand. You just see the sand trickling along the ground, and then it starts to come, almost kind of form, almost like ants, like in a line, and sort of like kind of slithering along the ground, and it makes its way up into the bottom of his of his djembe. Um. So at this point, uh, the three of you are at the bar together. Uh, and, uh, let's go ahead and real fast, uh, tell me what your, quickly, what your characters, like, look like, outside of, of course, Kaija's, uh, disguise. Well, Kaija is an air nomad, uh, and an airbender, but Kaija being an air nomad, air nomad and an airbender is from a very secret order that is used by, uh, sort of the leaders and head monks of the air temples to spy on the other elemental nations, um, with the goal of sort of collecting information. So I don't carry the air tattoos, um, but I do carry a lot of what would be sort of the monk look. I have the bald head. I have the, you know, I have no beard. I am sort of slim. You know, a lot of the air nomads are almost like a Caucasian look. Um, and so I have a bit of that vibe as well. And other than that, like literally right now, I am just like a white bald dude in <laughs> fishing garb with a piece of burlap um, stationed as a hood over his head. And there, there's not a tremendous amount that's intentionally like remarkable or memorable about Kaija outside of, you know, outside of the fact that he has a shaved head. Right. Um, Cardam is dressed like 
um, just slightly upper class for what that island would be. So mm. um, wearing like a good quality traveling cloak um, and like her kind of standard like quality book quality boots for travel um but muted colors definitely more like civility clothing she you know is is in oris's employ in his estate so a lot of times she's dressed in more court fashion this is definitely a little more streetwear um but yeah definitely uh understood that this could be something for secrecy so she is a hood accessible as well and dawa is this olive skin toned very clearly has been out in the sun a lot, but not like burned. Like this is a, this is the environment he lives in style skin tone. He's got shaved head on the side and his, his silver hair runs kind of, kind of slicked back from front to back a little longer on the top. And he's got very loose clothing on him. Something that would clearly be breathable uh, of a linen, of a linen kind uh, out in the desert. As we heard in his intro, he's from the Siwang desert um, he's got these very nice, uh, kind of tan and gray, uh, kind of linen flowy clothes, not parachute pants, MC hammer style, but a little bit flowier than, than the average, uh, than the average pair of, uh, kind of longer pants that he would wear. He's got his feet wrapped to help with some of the rougher surfaces and maybe grip on the sand that he, he would encounter more often than not. He's got several kind of trinkets and wristbands usually made of leather and and kind of cheaper metals around his wrists and a couple around his around his uh his chest and they all hold some sort of smaller significance to him uh usually collections from from other people that have that have made them for him from home or from his master or ones that maybe he's even made himself but seems very in touch and down to earth with uh his surroundings at least when he was in the desert I'm sorry, I didn't say anything about what she actually looked like, just what she's wearing. So she's like medium height, um, a little too muscular for like what court would consider like ideal, but um, a very composed hair, really tight back with a couple braids, but like definitely looks like she's ready to take on anything because she's kind of nervous that it could be anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, olive skin. Like a little little paler girl wears moisturizer and sunscreen, and um, her <laughs> her overall affect is just a little too composed. Well, the three of you guys are likely not entirely composed because you just walked into a bar thinking you were meeting a an old friend of your master's, and sure enough, two of your old acquaintances, your age. Uh, also apprentices to masters who at one time uh, were quite close to each other. And here the three of you are sitting at a bar together five years since the last time you saw each other. So I think I still have my hand on Dawa's mouth at this point. You still have your hand over Dawa's mouth while he's jumping up and down in excitement over seeing both of you. <laughs> and your hand is still maintaining its presence over his mouth where words are not getting out, but his body language is screaming things that his mouth cannot. Uh, Dawa, I see you also vacation from the desert to the small fishing village <laughs> on the side of the <laughs> Fire Nation. <laughs> He he can't, he tries to like remove the he looks he looks at Cardam and he like tries to like remove the hand. Does she does she allow she him does, to? She does, but like but like gently and like doing like shushing motions with her own hands, like like okay. He takes a deep breath and he's like kind of doing flowing motions, like he's kind of <laughs> understanding. And 
hushed for him, maybe like normal volume at that point. He he's like, so are you guys both on like vacation together? Like, is that why you're here? I like immediately panic. Uh, look at Gaija. Like, as <laughs> it turns out, the fishing village. Uh, this is the this is the top of the tourist season here, and it just so happens that the two of us, three of us, decided to vacation all at the same time because I love fish. Oh no, man! I'm not here on vacation. I, I'm here on some. I'm here on something completely different. I, I what? And then she starts doing mimicking the flowing motions he was making earlier. Like she'll move. now you're getting it. Yeah, like that's we're, it's, it's so good to see you. I'm glad we're back in the flow, man. Okay, Tava, why are you here? Am I supposed to say vacation? <laughs> uh, only if you're on vacation, Noah. No, I'm not on vacation. Okay, so let's hear it. Okay, so I got this rad letter from my sensei. He gave it to me, and I'm like taking his place on this cool trip. I'm supposed to meet a friend of his. And I like roll my eyes and look over at Kaija to see if he'll like ratify that that's his story too. That's convenient that we're here. Perhaps we can help you find your... Uh... <laughs> Your mentor's friend. I say, come on. And I hit him in the shoulder. I'm like, I know that's why you're here too. Wait a minute. Are you all here in place of your mentors too? <sighs> yeah. Awesome. It's like they planned this little reunion for us. Yeah, that was very, oh. very kind of them to do that for us. Yep. Hey, last time we were all together, we were all fighting each other and side by side. And we were, we were in a tournament. We sure were. I don't know if I really remember the details, but um, I do recall something like a tournament of some kind. Um, but that I was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I do have a suspicion that my master did not intend for the reunion to happen. But do you think we're going to see anyone else? Oh. Or is it just the three? Oh, God, I hope not. That's a good point. I don't know. Who says that this invite was just to our three masters? Now I have a better idea of what order it was that came to the temple. Yes, it could have gone to any number of different members across the kingdoms. No, Dal you don't think. Dal wants, to Dal wants to turn around and look at the bar and scan and see if he recognizes anybody vaguely else mm -hmm. from that uh, from that day. Or his recollection of the of the last time that we were all together. Um, you can do like a notice a notice check. So we'll we'll do our first roll here, guys. Oh my gosh! So hey we're gonna use the notice skill. Celebration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we're gonna do a uh, what's called a. Uh, overcome action so i'm going to set a difficulty uh and uh then we're going to have um dawa roll uh again just for the rules to remind the listeners uh we have four uh what's called fudge dice so they will have two blanks two pluses and two minuses on each of them they're d6s um, but entirely and... made of fudge 
Right. All and fudge. we eat them as we go. <laughs> uh, we Anyone that comes up a, a minus, six. I eat. <laughs> I swallow it, whether it's real fudge or not. <laughs> uh, your doctor's not going to be pleased, man. Uh, so, so we. Uh, Neither will my bowels. <laughs> the negative. The negative bonus is the indigestion. <laughs> yeah. So, so you'll roll those uh, those fudge dice, and uh, you'll have pluses or minuses, and then you'll also have a modifier that goes with it. So in this case, um, Dawa, do you have any skills in, in notice? Do you have any bonuses in notice? I do not. Okay, so it's a plus zero. Um, so you'll need to roll your dice. I'm going to set the difficulty at a three, and this would be for you to uh, scan the bar uh, and and try to notice anything in the surroundings um, that you might recognize. So I got a three, a three, a four, and a six. So I have a plus one. Yeah, so for, so if somebody was rolling regular D6, a one and a two would be a minus, uh, or would be right. a, a three and a four would be a flat, and a five and a six would be a plus. Um, so give me next time, just don't give me the numbers. Just give me pluses or minuses. Uh, just, I got a plus one. There it is. Uh, that way we don't confuse our listeners. Um, so a plus one. So with your zero base, it's just still a one. So you look around the bar and not only do you not see anyone you don't recognize, pretty much everybody in here seems pretty boring. So you turn back to your, uh, to your compatriots, uh, and, uh, you, you did not identify that see anybody that that you might recognize so you're pretty sure it's just the three of you i think it's just us three guys i don't i don't see anybody else that i recognize that looks like about our age or you know someone not involved in deep conversation Phew. like a local as long as she's eyebrow eyebrows not here then i'm fine do i know <laughs> who she's talking who carm's talking about i think so the the bad one mm -hmm. from from our from our fight the, who knocked the, me out the bad egg the bad egg the bad egg that is now her name <laughs> I've decided the she's a girl egg. sorry I didn't I did not discuss that with the group you know that's called <laughs> shared world building part of what part yep. of what threw me off but cool I'm about it <laughs> that's called shared world building you know uh, she's, she's part of the bad yeah, egg order just assumed the butthead was a guy <laughs> um. Yeah, because you guys recall when you when you all first met, um, your your master sort of brought you to something of like a convening of of um, you know uh, great philosophers, historians, bending experts, um, almost like a you know a sagacious uh, convention. Okay, and, uh, it was summer sagacious. camp. Uh, let's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know the uh, the the all of the mentors got to get together. They sipped mai tais, uh, and then all of the uh, and got all of their apprentices out of their hair for a little bit. You know, uh, other, so. <laughs> that's right. The kayaking competition was a bit skewed towards the waterbenders, but I got over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Whatever. They, I had the uh, s'mores down pat. That's right. You guys had some sick s'mores and then competed in a uh, apprentice fight club that maybe you shouldn't have have, have done. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, that's a story for another day, because uh, as you guys are gathered around the bar, sort of uh, chatting with each other and catching up, talking about vacation, um, you see a figure descend from the stairs uh, that uh, was uh, that leads up to that sleeping area up top. Um, it's an older gentleman, medium height, 
He's got a uh, sort of loose maroon um, Howery jacket over like a simple tunic and trousers. He's got this wild head of white hair, kind of spiky, but a decently well-groomed white goatee and simple circular glasses. Uh, He has a uh, sort of like a traveler's satchel uh, around, uh, like slung over, and he, uh, though his face is wrinkled uh, as he walks by uh, and into the the area, um, you can see that despite his age, his gold eyes are sharp as a tack, uh, and he's got this sort of nice smelling. He doesn't have like old man stink. He smells <sighs> nicely of like mint and cedar. The guy deodorizes, you know. Thank God. Uh, mm. <laughs> he uh, he, he doesn't scans... he doesn't smell of old man old spice. That's right. He scans the N, uh, but in doing so, he passes the three of you over uh, as if looking for something or somebody else. Uh, he grabs a uh, a cup uh, from the uh, from the bar and then moves down to sit at a table and pulls a book out and starts reading. Occasionally, his eyes sort of glance up and look at the door, and then he goes back down to reading. I uh, think that might be who you're here to meet with, Dawa. What makes you say that's who we're, who we're supposed to meet with? He says <laughs> we intentionally. Well, he's the only one here who doesn't look like a fisherman. Or smell like one. Or smell like one. He did smell pretty nice, didn't he? And he's of an appropriate age to be friends with your master. Should I go talk to him? Sure. I'll come with you for moral support. And I go too, but in my head, I have, can I know his name before sitting down? I have like a high contact. Can I roll for that? Uh, well, if it's the, if it's the person you're looking for, uh, Mm -hmm. the letter was signed Zepho. Okay. Um. So that you know that you're looking for uh someone named Zepho. Okay. You don't know if that's this guy. But... Okay. I see. Uh. Then I also just accompany Dawa. Cool. So the three of you walk up to this table and sort of stand in front of him expectantly, and he he's got this book and he he looks up and at you guys and goes, um, can I help you? Uh, this is gonna kind of be a long shot. But is your name Zepho? Uh, yes, that it is. How did you know that? He pulls it out and goes, he's like holding the note in front of his chest because it's like kind of important to him. He goes, I'm not me. I don't mean to startle you, man, but um, I'm actually here in place of somebody else I think you were uh, intending to see today. Uh, he sort of furrows his brow a little bit. I, I see, and 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 you are. So my name is Dawa, and I am here in place of uh, Kaya, my my master from the Siwang Desert. And I step forward and I say, and I'm Cardam for Oris, and I put my letter down on the table, and then I look expectantly at the over my shoulder at Kaija. I wait to see if he reveals that he is who we think he is before I hand him anything. Uh, you guys asked if he was Zepho. He said he is. Okay, 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and uh, I will also then take my letter out from my fishing garb and slide it onto the table and say, my master also sends his regards. Um, uh, Zepho grabs them and, uh, you know, takes a look at them and says, well, uh, thank you for coming. I admit I was hoping your masters could make the journey themselves. 
I hope you don't take offense, but um, it was their wisdom and skills I was hoping to summon. He kind of gives like a sorry grin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no worries, man. I understand. It's, it's. Uh, I know sometimes old friends want to see old friends, and they don't expect to see uh, their apprentices. But I promise you, Kaya's done a really good job training me. I mean, we spent like gotta be five, six hours at least, like a week. <laughs> doing training i mean we've tried he taught me how to tie at least 20 knots of different ropes and we i know so many constellations now because of kaya and i would love to tell you about him because i'm here well that's that's lovely young man i'm certain we can really get into it i know some of the constellations myself i would be interested to exchange notes um and kind of looks over uh at cardam so and she takes a, a deep breath and like kind of prepares herself for getting the same thing done with guess uh so oris unable to attend then <clears throat> did he say why oris believes that i am capable of giving you all of the navigation uh, expertise of the fire nation that uh, he would have been able to offer. Um, and uh, in addition, we, uh, his estate has been, uh, uh, and she's like clearly like a little shaken because she's never had her <laughs> capabilities like questioned before because she's been Oris's right hand gal for so long. And give me your resume. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> she's clearly trying to prattle off her resume and mm-hmm. um, is a little flustered and then sits down and says I can do anything you need um well I'm certain we will find something for you to do uh <laughs> and he yeah and he turns over uh to Kaija and looks at the note again and he goes uh so Makoto then also unable to attend unfortunately as you can imagine my master has many responsibilities and my order is stretched rather thin at the moment. Most of us find ourselves in the field these days rather than at home. But I can promise you, I have spent many years under the training of wise senseis, including my master. And I will be able to perform and bring honor to both my master and my order. What is it that you have for us? I think all of us serve as able representatives of our individual masters. Well, the three of you have me convinced. The reason you all are here, we have discovered a fascinating temple. It's been lost for many years. We are interested in uncovering the history behind it and seeing what sort of secrets it may have contained within. If you are ready, we can get on the road. Will we be accompanied by anyone else? Oh, no, no, just the, uh, well, I suppose just the four of us. Oh, I'm sorry you went 0 for 3 on the people you were expecting to see, my man. <laughs> he goes, yes, uh, it is a bit disappointing. Um, and you you see him kind of like looking up, um, like past you guys a little bit, uh, as if expect maybe expecting... <clears throat> You know, or, or keeping an eye out for, for somebody else. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he goes, um, but nonetheless, hopefully we will be uh, able to figure this whole thing out. Um, Is there and- another that you're expecting? No, um, just the four of us. You understand we'll have to be somewhat discreet. Times are tough and tensions are high between the nations and the in the Fire Nation, especially. Uh, the three of you, yourself in particular, like looks at Dawa. Uh, you may wish to take less assuming clothing and behavior as we journey. I kind of roll my eyes, walk behind Kaija, and unbutton part of his cloak because he's not familiar with like normal Fire Nation garb. Where there's already a hit, like a hood sewn into the cloak, and like take, <laughs> take the burlap off and put his hood on. Yes, the <laughs> like, double, like... the double hood is a is a Fire Nation custom. Certainly, <laughs> you must familiarize yourself with it. Uh, and he looks up again, kind of at the door. Dawa stops. And... More poor would be helpful. <laughs> Dawa stops and thinks about how he can make himself less obvious or or less. I don't know inconspicuous so what he does is he just like he stops and he does one big shake of his arms to like get some of the sand off and he rolls his sleeves down and then he buttons up his like very open chested shirt like he just like ties the little like ropes that are like almost as if where like a buttons Uh, on a polo would be yeah 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 yeah. he goes ready like he just all he does is just undo he just like he he unrolled his Shake some sand off, unrolled his sleeves, and then just buttoned up his shirt a little bit. Um, <laughs> as you're doing this, all of the sand falls out on the floor, uh, and uh, the uh, and and uh, Zepho kind of like sort of is like ha ha ha, like kind of awkwardly about all of this, and he looks up again, and the door opens to the tavern, and uh, you know, three of you I imagine are kind of seated opposite of him. You know, uh, maybe don't even notice uh, right away, but Zipo goes, I was worried about this. It seems we have uh, gathered some attention. And you turn around and you see uh, a group of Fire Nation soldiers uh, in their armor have strolled into the tavern. And one uh, in particular, uh, helmet off, sort of this uh, thick black beard uh is uh standing there in the front kind of looking across he's uh, uh, across the bar like almost like look, searching for something um and his eyes sort of like linger over your table and you guys sort of quickly turn back around Zifa goes don't worry i'll take care of this just play it cool play it cool uh We're blending in perfectly uh he 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 gets up i'll be right back let me talk to them uh, and he strolls over to the uh, to the group of them. Um, he uh, he goes, "Hello, Captain. I'll be returning to my ship now. These youth haven't any useful information, but round them up anyways and take them to my employer. I'm certain he'd love to have a traitor and a pair of spies to lay at the feet of the Fire Lord." And Zepho strolls past them. They move aside. And the door opens, and as the guards close back together and the door begins to swing behind, you can see right as the door is closing, he reaches up and pulls away a frizzy, white-haired wig 
and a mane of silky black hair falls down from underneath it. The door closes, and the four soldiers grin. They pull their weapons and begin moving towards you. The captain goes, All right, up with you. You're under arrest in the name of the Fire Lord. This isn't exactly as planned. It seems as though we're going to have to find this guy after all. Perhaps we shouldn't have given him the name he was looking for. You know, in hindsight, that's a great thought. We should uh, we should try that differently next time. I agree. Lesson learned. But for now... So... Run? I look at the two of them. Run. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if you guys were going to fight them, but I figured you guys might want to run. So we're actually going to do uh, what's called a chase scene. <laughs> Great. So the, so the way that this works is I have a... Um, I have a D10 here, uh, and I have it set to five, okay? And we're going to go around, and if you play D&D, it's kind of similar to a skill challenge, okay? Um, but what we're going to do is uh, you guys are being chased by the Fire Nation guards, okay? They have uh, skills and aspects just like you guys do. Um, and every turn, we're going to go back and forth, your group and their group. And each time we go back and forth, one of you guys, and we'll just go in, in order, is going to do something and come up with something um, that you might be able to use a skill for to help you guys try to escape these guys. If you succeed, uh, the, the D10 goes up one. It starts at five. Uh, if you succeed with style, which is by three or more than the uh, opposition, you go up two points. If you fail, you go down a point. Okay? And Does once you guys get- Does this include creating aspects of the space? So, no. So, this is uh, a situation where we're, there's no create advantage. It's all overcome actions. Okay. Okay. So, we're just sort of uh, going to introduce the the dice rolling with one aspect uh, or one one sort of style of action first. So, these are all overcome actions. Um, and, uh, and you guys are just going to go through and you're going to take turns. If you fail, it goes down. If you succeed, it goes up. And once you guys either uh, get to zero or uh, then, then you guys get captured... And if you guys get to 10, then you get away. Okay? Sound Dope. good? Ready for it. Who has the highest notice skill? I have a notice of plus me. two. I have no notice. I like my skills just in time. Perfect. I also do not have notice. Okay, so uh, we will start with uh, we will start with Kaija. And for example, here, just to give you guys some examples of things you can do in a chase. Um, so uh, you get to narrate the action and like what you know you guys are doing to to move past things so um for instance uh if there's a you know uh, a vehicle you jump on and try to escape that might be drive if there's a you know foot chase that could just be a pure sprint and outrunning them it could be a athletics uh you could deceive them to sort of fake out your opponent make them think you ducked down the wrong alley things like that you could even use fight and say that you want to like trip them up as you run past them or physique to knock down obstacles in their way so you can think of like anything along those lines uh and we will do it the only rule is once you guys have used one you can't use it again so once you guys have used fight you can't use fight again uh until the end of the uh the the chase scene okay so i want to make it seem as though i'm going to move at them um and in order to kind of give them a second of pause and sort of Si like size up the situation but what i want to do is i want to fall underneath the closest table between us and them 
You know how when you uh, like really athletic people that aren't me in real life can sort of like can sort of from their backs spring up onto their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to like get I want to get under the table and put my feet on the bottom of the table, and I want to hip up but use air bending to push myself a little bit very quietly, and I want to flip the table into them really oh, hard. Sick. To try to give us a couple of seconds to get upstairs and sort of out of the area. And I'd like to try to use athletics to do it. Yes, totally makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Um, so you're gonna use uh, you're gonna use athletics. These guys are going to uh, uh let's see. I can so I have an option in the chase. I can either just set a passive ability, but this is definitely like being contested, I think, by them. Um, and so these guys are gonna use their athletics to contest you. Okay. Trying to kind of are they trying to get out? They're of just the gonna way try to die. Yeah, the they're table. just trying to dive out of the way of this of this table. So we're both gonna roll our fudge dice. Um, I think because I'm using air bending in this scenario, and I want to really invoke that feeling. I'm gonna invoke my high concept air bending ninja with one of my two fate chips. So I'm gonna spend a fate chip to get a plus two to this roll. Very nice, very nice. nice. And so Amazing. that's as a reminder, everybody. We all have uh, all of the characters have these aspects. Uh, the high concept is one of them, um, and uh, they all of the players start the game uh, with a certain number of fate chips, and they can spend them uh, to invoke these aspects. Um, so, what did you go, what did you get? And I'll tell you what I rolled here. So, I got a total of a plus one with my dice. I have a plus three in athletics, so that's a four. And then I got a plus two from Airbending Ninja Invoke, giving me a total of a plus six on my athletics check. Very nice. So these guys uh, had an athletics of plus two. Uh, unfortunately, they rolled uh, three minuses and one plus, meaning that they are now sitting at a zero athletic oh. score. Oh. So you blast the table, you slide into the table, put your feet up against it, and use a push of airbending to blast the table up, and it slams into uh, like three of the guards as they fly backwards and bam, hit into the wall with the table pinning them, and they all just like, oh, you know, they're all groaning. Uh, but as you guys do this, you know, the guard, uh, who's the only one that didn't get hit, he slams the uh, the door, and a bunch of more guards file in, ready to give chase. Uh, but that did give you guys enough time to bolt up the stairs and up onto the second uh, second story of this. So because you succeeded with style, which is by more than three, you won that uh, contest by more than three, you guys get two points uh, towards the track. So you now are at a yeah, seven. Baby. Uh, on this track of which you'll need to get to 10. All right. I, uh, as I do that, I, I sort of look up and see after the table smashes them. And I say, uh, Dawa, uh, Cardam, get upstairs with me. We must search that room before we leave. And can um, you remind so, me, yeah. Ian, the top floor, mm -hmm. it's just an open space. Well, you haven't been up there yet. We haven't so been you're up not, there. Okay. You're not sure. Cool. We just know there's stairs to something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you guys, uh, you know, yeah, hustle up the stairs. Um, you begin looking around. You can see that this is indeed a uh, basically like a empty flat floor where folks can come in, lay down a map, but it's not like individual rooms. Um, you quickly scan while there are some people's personal belongings here. Um, you can hazard a guess that whoever that Zepho impersonator was, um, they likely did not leave anything behind. Um, however, it is now uh, the Fire Nation guards' turn to go. They have the same rules, except when they succeed, you guys lose presence on the tracker. 
So they are going to, uh, as they're chasing you guys, the uh, the Fire Nation captain is going to turn to his uh, guys that are coming coming in and says, "Raise the alarm! Don't let any of them escape unnoticed." Uh, and he's go- they're going to do a notice check to have this uh, this this patrol of guardsmen that are outside spread out and start looking for you. So uh, we are going to do a uh, notice contest. So I'm going to have one of you guys do, uh, let's let's say, stealth. And since Kaija's already gone uh, this round, actually, no, you know what? Since Kaija went, Kaija can defend it. Okay, cool. And this doesn't get rid of my ability to use stealth in the future no, no, no. Uh, for an attack, correct? This nope. is just a defense. Yep, just okay. a defense. Yeah, Kaija will go ahead and roll uh, to try to defend against and I'm gonna, the And uh, I'm going check. to use one of my DM fate chips that's going to uh, invoke one of the aspects of the Fire Nation guards, which is around every corner. Uh, oh. So that is one of their aspects. There <laughs> are Fire so Nation good. guards everywhere. <laughs> uh, so that will give them a plus two to this roll. I have my total. I rolled a, a zero on my dice, but I it, stealth is my greatest skill. So I have a plus four total because I have a four in stealth. Okay. These guys got two flats and two pluses. So um, that gives them a total of, uh, they have a notice of two, so that gives them two plus two, and then they got the bonus from invoking their aspects. They have a six. Um, So they succeed. They do not succeed with style, but they fanned out around the village and are are all sort of on guard and looking for you guys. So they are going to uh, uh, bump your tracker down by one. So you guys are back down to a six. So back to you guys. Um, Who has the, the highest, let's call it, Athletics between Cardam and uh, Dawa. I have plus two. I have plus one. Okay, Cardam, you're up next. Okay, so I think I would like to hazard. Um, it's not wise, but just to keep them from following us up the stairs, I think I would mm-hmm. like to try to fire bend and just light the very bottom step on fire, seeing if I can create at least a little bit of a stall for us to figure out what's happening upstairs. Trusting that Kaija might Kaija and Dom might be able to figure out a good retreat. You're gonna light the stairs on fire. I love I love the first instinct is we're up uh, above, uh, like we're in the second story. Let's set the first story on fire. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. I love it. Okay, so I think she just uh, panics and thinks I should use fire bending because I'm fire bender. <laughs> like so, yeah. This is what I know. Okay, I love it. Uh, yeah, so you you go ahead and you use, uh, let's call it will, as you try to control the the fire uh, bending to light the bottom floor, like create the wall of fire to at least block off the people that would be coming up directly behind you. Exactly. Cool. Cool. Love it. So be- with this not being a contested role, and I'm sort of like oh, I see. determining whether which ones it's going to be, I would set a difficulty. Right. Um, so with this, okay. I would say this is a fairly simple firebending. I'd probably set the difficulty at three. Okay. Um, I have a negative one. I rolled negative one, and I have a three will, so that brings me to two. Gotcha. Okay, so unfortunately, uh, you did. Uh, I'm going to say that you uh, did successfully firebend, but unfortunately, uh, as you sort of blast this back, one of the uh, guards he steps up and he redirects the fire over to the side and while the stairs are not alight the rest of the bar is uh and so uh we're going to uh we're going to give that uh a little bit of a boost uh so the way that this can work is i can sort of decide 
uh, if I think that that would, uh, with a failure, um, that would either slow you guys down one or uh, it would grant a boost to the guards. I'm going to give that a boost to the guards. So on the next roll, the guards get a plus two. Okay. Um, because now everybody is keenly aware that, that stuff's going down uh, in the two-headed fish. Um, so that comes back over to the guards. Uh, they are basically going to charge up the stairs and try to tackle you guys before you can go out the window. So that's going to be a fight check. And uh, Cardam, because it was your turn last, uh, you're the one that can contest this, if you'd like. Can contest what exactly? Can you clarify? It's going to be a fight roll, a fight okay. contest, because they they charge up the stairs, uh, and they and you know they're all just hustling up there, and they're just like diving at you, just just you know form tackle football, right, trying right. to uh, trying to bring you guys down. In fact, with their helmets and the armor, they do sort of look like football players, <laughs> and they all sort of yeah. dive at you guys. Um, so you'll need to use uh, representing the group's best effort to uh, defend. Uh, against this go ahead and uh contest with a fight role and of course at this point if you want to invoke anything uh that you think is relevant you you do that before you roll now normally to our audience normally we would do this where the uh players could decide after they roll uh if they want to uh, like basically retcon it by spending one of their fate chips but just to keep things moving um and keep the narrative like high stakes we've decided that if you want to do a aspect uh, you need to call it before you roll so the dice feel more, like, meaningful, you know? Right, right. Um, I don't think I have um, something to invoke that would be relevant. So I think okay. I'm just going to straight up use it. <laughs> okay. That is a negative three. Um, Oof. And you said it's fight? Yeah. So negative one total, I have. Negative one total. Ouch, Kabibbles. They didn't roll great either. Even with their boost, they actually had a uh, a minus two uh, from their from their uh, t- not as a total, but from their from their fudge dice, they had uh, minus two. So that evens out. So they had a uh, two. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. So with a two and a uh, minus one, they do succeed with style. So they bring you guys right back down to where you were before. Okay. Um, it's where you started. So, uh, back up to uh, uh, Dawa. You're up. I would like to. So, who is currently tackled? Yeah, I'd say all of you guys are basically like got knocked down, and you're sort of you're you're not like grappled per se. They're not holding you guys down, but like you're all like sort of on the floor, like wrestling. Uh, as <laughs> you know, the flames are licking up through the the bamboo, the slats in the bamboo floor. So, I think I would like to. Um, assuming we're kind of like in the doorway of like this like at the top of the stairs of like this like second floor, I'd like to kind of get my momentum and kick off the wall mm-hmm. and attempt to give a really big shove to the uh, the pile of guards off of the balcony of the upper floor using physique. I would say that that's not a balcony, but there is a window. So you absolutely could, as they're all sort of grouped up, you know, comedically chasing you guys, you could try to like, uh, like turn and like push them and domino them out the window. Yeah. Like use their, maybe like as they're like, they're running into, like they're running to like kind of grapple us, use their own momentum against them. And you're like standing in front of the window and then you just duck down and they dive out. They dive out the window <laughs> trying to tackle right. you. Yeah, go ahead. Roll. You know what? Honestly, that's tricky. I feel like, uh, do you want to like, you could use deceive or you could use uh, physique for this, whichever you'd prefer. No, physique. Okay, so you're going to try to out uh, out uh, maneuver them and end up pushing them out the window. Okay, so they'll contest that with their physique, which isn't great. Do you want to invoke anything? No. Okay. 
Very Scooby Doo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a so, they have a total of a minus one. We're we're more than happy with that. I have a plus three to physique, and I rolled two. Nice. So okay. Yes. Succeed with style. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, awesome. That puts you guys back up to six on your progress counter. Uh, you you shove them all, you shove them out the window. Foom, 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 but they all dive out, and you hear splash, splash, splash as they land in the water underneath. Uh, and you hear the one guy, I can't swim, and they all start, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, gathering up together. So uh, that voice, that voice was great. You guys, you guys dive uh, out. Uh, you guys are in the top floor. You guys run out the window that is actually attached to um, a nearby building, and you get up on top of that roof. So now you guys are on the rooftops uh, of this uh, uh, of the of this village of the uh, of the Jiangui village. These guys are are, are really they're. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. They're doing the whole Aladdin thing where they're like climbing up after you, you know, sword in the teeth. One job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. So they're gonna they're gonna uh, go. Uh, they're actually gonna double down on physique, and so we're let's do another physique contest as they try to catch back up to you, uh, climbing up the uh, climbing up the the rails there. Round two. <laughs> Round two. Oh, you better roll well. I didn't. I've got uh, a, this is a, a four this a time. Four, okay. Well, I did get a two, uh, so uh, that is awesome. So you succeed, but uh, not with style because it wasn't by more than two. But you do get so they well they fail. So that gives you guys a progress ta- uh, counter. So you guys are yep, back at that was seven. Their attempt. And so they they climbed up after you guys, and uh, you know Dawa, you just kind of like sift some sand underneath their grip so they start slipping and, and falling out from under it. The itsy bitsy spider <laughs> caught up the water spout. You know. And one of them kind of does they get to the very top and and then like you kind of push them back and they they slip and they do the they do the whole uh uh falling from Nakatomi Plaza thing. And then they like <laughs> land like what like 10 feet and they land on their back and go, I'm fine. Oh, I'm just very badly injured. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, Kaija, you guys are on the rooftops. They were trying to climb after you. There's a few guys that are sort of like running along the ground, trying to like keep their eyes on you. What do you do? Um, I would like to. Is there? It's like, is it nighttime right now? No, no. It's 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 the day. It's the middle of the day. It's it's the middle of the day. Probably even like morningish. You know. Hmm. How far away are we from the? Okay, here's my question: How far away are we from the how, the the bar that we set on fire? And you does guys it are look on the like do- most the... people have gotten out of it. Uh, you guys are on the the um, uh, on the roof next to it, and you do see the bartender is like hust- like like making sure people get out. So you you're pretty sure everybody got out of there okay. The fishermen, uh, you know, pretty much dipped as soon as the guards showed up. So a sudden influx of air into yes. an already burning fire can yes. create a pretty bad situation. And the sides of this place are built by bamboo. Yes. So my thought is, is to use airbending again, but in conjunction with the deceive skill to create a distraction by sending a gust of wind precision into the building to cause basically an explosion out the other side 
of fire oh, that's out the, yes. out the side that we didn't go. So it looks like Cardam is still in there, firebending and blowing crap up and Dope. losing control of the flames and shooting holes through the side of the bar. So people will be thinking that we're coming out, some of the some of the guards will be thinking we're coming out that side where she blows a hole in the side. But really, I'm just sending a beam of wind through the bamboo, picking up fire, creating combustion, and then blowing up the wall on the other side. Heck yes. I'm going to make this a, uh, this is a contest, or a, uh, not a contest, but a, uh, a challenge. So I'm going to give this a four difficulty. Oh, is this going to be a will check probably? Uh, no, it's deceive. Oh, deceive. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. true. The question is, I, I don't want to fail this, so I'm going to use my other fate <laughs> chip because it's so cool and could be so catastrophic if yeah. it fails. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke uh, Airbending Ninja again because I'm using my Airbending in this, yeah, in this scenario. Um, yeah, I, I was just looking. I don't think I have anywhere that I can use any of my stunts at this point, um, but I, I can use this. So I'm going to roll my, my fate dice uh, at an obstacle of four. I have two pluses and a minus, giving me a plus one. My deceive is a plus three. So uh, nice. that's a four yes. plus two from my airbending yes. engine. Didn't need the invoke. Got the six. So there we go. Got a success causing explosion Beautiful. out the side of the bar. Go science. Yeah. The, you you just you see this like uh air blast uh go out of uh from from Kaija. It blows through the one window and out the other side a huge explosion and surge of flame <laughs> and every you know some of the guards that were just climbing out of the water on that side get blown backwards and back into the water. <laughs> I still can't I swim. Still can't swim. <laughs> uh, and you guys uh begin bolting the other direction. You hear uh guards now at, at, you know, at minimum going, you know, tend to the fire, tend to the fire, don't let it spread. And you can see that most of them are still like chasing after it being like, you know, at this point, maybe even more worried about uh, the well-being of the village uh, than hunting you guys down. Uh, you guys are at a eight now. You just need two more points to finish your escape uh, from the Fire Nation guards. Um, I believe uh, that is going to be um, the guards. I'm just going to give them a very basic, like they're just going to try to notice uh, you guys. Investigate. Yeah, so they're going to just do an investigate to try to find you guys despite the distraction. Um, and I'm going to set the difficulty actually pretty high because I think realistically like that distraction was like pretty good. So yeah. I'm going to give that a five that they have to pass. And they only have a one to investigate. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So of course they completely botch the uh, the role. Uh, so they actually troopers. they literally <laughs> they literally are. Yeah. Uh, a, I want to knock that guy into the water a third can, time like, and you know be... bend fire. Um, yeah. And so they they fail. So you guys get one more on the track. You just need a single nice. another point. Cardum, your backup. You guys are leaping rooftop to rooftop as you see most of the guards uh, have filtered away and you're getting closer and closer to the edge uh, of the village. Uh, of course. You're still in the middle of a giant river. Okay, so I think that I uh, navigate down from the rooftop and knock on a door. Is that possible? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Cool, that's what I would like to do. Knock on a door? Yeah. With what intent? The intent is to see if I can convince someone to let us inside to hide. Okay, well, so then so then in that case... Is that rolling rapport? Uh, yeah. So, so you, you, you bang on a door, um, you bang on a door, boom, 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 boom. And you, and you see, uh, a woman sort of come to the door and like, look out the little side window. What do you say to try to convince her to let you in? I say, 
please, my two friends, they're very sick. Can we come inside? There's a fire next door. <laughs> she goes, oh, is, is that what it's all about? Yes, come in, dear, come in. And she opens the door and, and you guys quickly slip in and close the door right as a group of guards thum, 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 start running past. But they turn their head. So you're going to need to make a uh, that rapport check to see if you can get in and have the woman close the door in time for you to get uh, uh, the difficulty is only a two. Okay. I've two, I rolled a five. I have she, she, two on the door. She lets you three. in. And then as the, as the guards come tromping down, she just quickly closes the door and you guys like backs against the wall, staying away from the window. You see the one guard sort of slow down and he kind of looks in the window and then he turns and keeps running. Dara <laughs> dramatically falls to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, all of the attention has been uh, brought to the uh, to the fire, so you guys can um, you know make your excuses and slip back out of this lady's house. But uh, you know, realistically, uh, nobody. You guys have have escaped, and you know, putting up your cloaks and stuff. You guys know that that they for the moment have not been able to locate you and they've directed their efforts towards stopping the fire from spreading. I uh, I quickly turn to these guys as soon as the woman sort of leaves the room and I, I turn my attention to uh, Cardam and Dawa and I say, all of our masters sent us here to meet that man and the Fire Nation knew about it, which means they probably have him. Do you think perhaps they captured him here and they have him aboard a ship, something local? Or was this all a trap uh, to begin with? If it was a trap to begin with, why would he wear a wig? Couldn't he just be there himself, have set the trap in order to capture our masters? There's no reason to deceive us about who he is if the actual individual that we were going to meet wasn't on our side to begin with. Well, I know that guy wasn't on our side. So they either made all of that up and were just doing it to try to lure our masters out of hiding, or they know something and potentially... The person we're looking for is close by. Perhaps he needs us to rescue him. As you guys say this, you see that alighting on the sort of thatch roof near you guys is a unusual creature. White feathers, uh, a white feathered bird um, with the uh, face of a uh, fox and the white feathers turn into white fur. Um, alights on the roof, uh, kind of overlooking, kind of turns its head and looks at you guys. How big is this creature? It's about the size of like an Good owl, question. like a large owl. But again, with the face of a uh, fox. Could I roll for lore to think if I know anything about that creature? That's what I was going to do. Um, sure, yeah. Um, you guys can both do it. I'll set the... Uh, Difficulty at uh, three. Yay, I know things. Uh, me too. I got I a three. So too. I hold on. I just want to check my lore. Uh, yeah, I also know things. I got. Okay. I got a. What was difficulty? Sorry. Three. Okay, I got five. Okay, and you got just three for me. Okay, just three for me. Um. So yeah. So uh, Dawa, you totally know of a constellation, uh, called the Owl Fox. Uh, and that's totally what it is. It's the owl fox, man. Uh, he puts he puts his hands up and like makes the shape of the constellation as you would see it of the connection of the stars in the sky, and like aligns it over like in front of him over the image of this creature, 
And as it tilts its head just enough, he's like, oh, it's an owl fox. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, for Cardam, that totally uh, brings her back to her biology lessons uh, where she learned about all sorts of creatures. And you would know that this is a creature um, that is uh, typically native uh, to the southern pole. It's an Arctic owl fox. How southern are we? Um, you guys are the eastern archipelago is basically like halfway between yeah. the two, uh, like water tribes and the poles. So I turn to they, both of them and say, "Hey, that yeah. Arctic owl fox that doesn't belong here. That what do you think it's doing?" Yeah, as you as you start to have this conversation, it lights its wings and swirls overhead of you guys for a second, and then soars down, swoops down over the docks, begins flying low across the docks out of the alley. Uh, and turns a corner. So I think immediately I tell the guys like, "Hey, we need to follow that thing. It's it could be from the water tribe." And so we start like running after it because anything water I, tribe in there looks. I throw I throw my board out in front of us, and uh, I tell them both to kind of in a, on a running pace, hop on. Cool. And we we jump on the sand slider. Um, as you guys do, uh, you begin uh, just just hop. You know between sand sliding around or running uh, down the uh, walkways and the gangplanks, you guys turn the corner and all of a sudden sitting at the edge of this uh, waterway is a small um, skiff with a uh, sort of semi-cloaked figure, uh, but the cloak has got like fur trimming all along it. And this figure turns and uh, has, you can see uh, this woman has, hair pulled back into these braids down her back um, about the same age as you guys. And she turns around, makes eye contact with you and audibly groans. Oh, it's our favorite it's our person. Favorite person. Oh it's no. Her. We might drown her. Definitely her. <laughs> the uh, owl fox alights on her shoulder and she says, we have to go like now. Um, and she, you can see that she's standing in this boat with a kind of like a water bending stance, um, mm -hmm. ready to uh, take you guys off of the uh, off of the village sort of central area. And behind you, um, you can hear a patrol of troops tromping down the docks towards you guys. Yeah, I'll just quickly slip off the dock and into the boat down low. Um, was I, I mean, I guess I have this disguise on, mm -hmm. um, but was I able, as I was slipping through the town to kind of, if I stashed my actual clothing someplace, uh, somewhere yeah. along the way. So that way, like, I'm not wearing just this guy's fishing garb. I guess maybe I made it. No, like, you, uh, you could have totally uh, pulled a Spider-Man, stashed your stuff somewhere, swung by and grabbed it real quick. Uh, okay yeah. yeah i'm gonna say like even as we're like sand sliding down the docks following this thing we're like coming past where my stuff is and i i sort of jump off the sand slider which i've been running beside and on and in like air run up the wall horizontally and grab my stuff off the top of a roof and then air run back down to like sort of kick off the wall and meet back on the sand slider at one point and then, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely just slip in there and I immediately begin changing out of my disgusting smelling fish garb. And I just start like, I like, I like pull off the shirt real quick and like pull off the pants. And then I realize like, uh, well, I've never really been around girls very much. And I just took off my clothing with two girls in a canoe. Um, so I would like, I very quickly like throw on my other clothing and toss the fisherman's garb onto the dock, uh, 
or maybe it's like we're water bending away. I'm going to like launch it back there to the best of my ability. <laughs> you, uh, maybe you, failing pretty you, epically, it lands in the water. You, but... you use your air bending to blast the, the, the smelly fish clothing over and right as some guards around the corner, the splats in their face. Foul peasant clothing and they start throwing <laughs> I, it down. Get me I, pictures I, of that airbender. We burnt down this poor town's bar. The last <laughs> thing I want to do is also steal some bloke's clothes in the end of the You can see this. This uh, this waterbending uh, woman immediately kind of as you guys file in begins uh, spinning her arm behind it and almost like a propeller. The water begins surging behind this skiff, the stolen like fisherman skiff and abandoning the, like the pole to steer it. You guys begin foom, 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 almost like an airboat, uh, like jetting <laughs> down uh, and you guys duck underneath uh, one of these uh, plankways and are away as you can see some of these fire nation guards run up and they get to the uh to the shore and they kind of like look out with their their hands into the uh into the sun and they lose track of you guys as you skip across the water um as you do she turns uh back to you guys still doing this water bending and says all right time for reintroductions i'm mapuka and we've got to go find zifo Thanks for listening to this episode of Almost Legends. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show over at Patreon at patreon.com slash camplegendnetwork. Patrons get exclusive access to some behind-the-scenes and post-show conversation between the four of us here in this season of Almost Legends. If you enjoy the community and the show, please consider joining us over in our Discord server. You can find links to both Patreon and Discord in the description of this episode.